There we go. Finally. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing, where we talk about movies and TV from a Gen X perspective. On today's show, we're doing something different. It's another top five list. Last week, we did top five Brad Pitt movies. Can I can I call this one just because I want to be really specific about the language? You bet. The five best movies about teens, not the five best teen movies, the five best movies about teens. It took me a long time to figure out that sentence. So, yes. And I guess I don't quite even understand the difference between a movie about teens and a teenage movie. Yeah, you're right. It's hard. I think that you and I are creating the differentiation. I don't think that there would be anybody out there who'd say we're right or wrong. But I think when I think teen movie, the things that come into my head are first, all the John Hughes movies. And Todd and I grew up with the John Hughes movies. Um, We've done several of them on pop culturing already. And what we decided is that we're not going to include them. So we specifically removed any John Hughes movies. And the only reason we did that is because it would be hard to come up with five without making them all John Hughes movies. Yes. So we just wanted to be like, let's just take those and put them in a box and put them aside because we've already done Pretty in Pink. Mm -hmm. We've already... Did we talk about Breakfast Club? Not yet. We did a bunch of others, though, didn't we? I don't know. I think that we did. And I, and just so you know, I removed anything that we've done before as well. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. Do you have any movies that we've done before? Two. Oh, you do? You I did. do. Interesting. So I, I removed those. Okay. So maybe that'll, that will mean that my top five actually is different from your top five because I would have included for sure two of them. Right. And so basically, Todd and I do not know each other's top five. And what we did was just kind of think over our lifetime of what are the five best movies about teens. And that can be for different reasons. Like it could be nostalgia. It Mm. could be the best, um, the capturing teens. It could be the way we felt. It could be how it inspired our lives. Yeah. It could have been what was going on in our lives. So this isn't necessarily like critically acclaimed best movies. It's the ones that hit us the hardest for whatever reason. For for good reason. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that we have at least, at least one in the top five together. I'm sure we do. And I have to do a special mention. Okay. I feel oh, like you're we, already breaking the rules. No, I'm not. This is like, I think we create the rules. Okay. And there was one. We are the committee. We sorry. are the committee. And the reason that I want to talk about the special mention is there's a reason I left it out. What if it happens to be in my top five? Then you can Then tell I'll fess me. up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And my special mention is Dead Poets Society. Ooh, it is not in mine. Okay. So it was my number sixth Six. How can that be six? That should be number one. But let me explain why. That's what that's what okay. I'm going to say is that it's one of my favorite movies, and I kept going back and forth. I actually had about twelve, and mm-hmm. I had to like narrow it down to five. But the reason I kept going back and forth is because it has been so impactful mm-hmm. on my life. But then the reason I took it out was because who I related to was not the teens. It's Mr. Keating. I related to Mr. Keating. I thought. Did you relate he- to Mr. Keating when you first saw when you were like? 18 or how old um, you were? I don't remember. Mm. All I can say, I didn't like the movie as much as I did when I got older. Yeah. I liked Dead Poet Society when I first saw it, but it was on rewatching it yeah. a number of times that I identified with, I understood better. I was on my own journey of self-awareness. So listening to Mr. Keating talk about these, the self-awareness to these students mm. through the language of Walt Whitman or, um, you know, Romeo and Juliet or uh, William Shakespeare, I was like, oh, this is like yeah. a convergence of all these things I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literature with, you know, understanding yourself. And uh, anyway, I did not use it because it's a boys movie about, I, yeah, girls can watch it. I'm not saying only boys can, but I didn't identify with the guys. Mm-hmm. I identified with the teacher. Yeah. So I, I just said it's a boys movie. It's not a boys movie, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and I... I did not include that one because we've already done a pop culture. Right. Had I not had that rule for myself, it probably would have been number one. What's? Do you have any special mentions? That yeah, but I'm worried to... that it's going to be... Okay. Well, so... I know one for sure that is not in your top five. <laughs> okay. So why don't you start number five? Well, I'm going to give you my honoring, honorable mention. Oh, what is it? Um, and I'm worried that my list is a little more traditional and yours might be a little bit different. Not that know. there's a good list or a bad list, but... And I'm outing myself. Like, I know most people have either never seen this movie or thought it was a stupid movie. Okay. 
I loved summer school. <laughs> I knew I knew you'd put that on there. It's not in my top five. Oh, it isn't. It is okay. not. Okay. But summer school, Chainsaw and Dave and Mark Harmon. What was his name? Mister. I don't. Remember, I forget his name. It's just I don't know. I because the and Pam Dauber. The reason I took it out, Pam Dauber. Is she didn't. No. <laughs> Oh no, they're married in real life, right? Pam Dauber and Mark Harmon. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Pam Dauber. So who was Mindy. the woman? Oh, Kirstie Alley. Yes, exactly. Okay, sorry. Um, and the reason I took it out, uh-huh. I originally had it in my top five, and then I tried to pull up the funny clips, and I'm trying to picture at people listening to the funny clips are <laughs> like, "This isn't that funny." <laughs> so it's one of those like I have a personal relationship with this movie that I thought it was great. So, anyways, forget it. We're so not going to spend a lot of time. You know that on my, we watched emotions. a psych episode a couple weeks ago, and they mentioned summer school. I've heard about that, but I don't think I've watched that with you. Yeah, yet. we got we watch our family watches Psych from USA TV, yes. you know, show, and um, they mention if you haven't watched Psych with your family, it's such a it's got all the things and it's family appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's got mystery and it's a detective show and, you know, he's obviously, he, he says he's a um, psychic, but then there's all these 80s references. Yeah. So it's so fun. Yes. Agreed. Okay. I love it. Okay. So ladies first. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. So let me do a drum roll and I'm only going to do one drum roll this whole episode, but I just want to do it because I like the drum roll. Okay. Your number five is... So why don't you play the clip? What number? Uh, five. Oh. I, I tried to go in real order this time. Okay. So play five. number five. And yeah, turn it up because it's quiet. Are you honestly and truly going to prom with Katrina DeVore? Uh, hi. Leah just, just said that you were going to go with her. Yeah, I did ask her if she wanted to go. Um, a bunch of us from the team are going to go to Benihana and then go to the prom and then go to VJ's parents' cabin. So. We're, we're, we're getting a stretch limo. <laughs> Your mom must be pretty stoked that you're not taking me. You're mad. Why are you mad? Mad? I'm in, a, I'm in a great mood. I mean, despite the fact that, well, I'm in a fat suit that I can't take off, and d- despite the fact that pretty much everyone's making fun of me behind my back, and despite the fact that your little girlfriend gave me the stink eye in art class yesterday. Katrina's not my girlfriend, all right? And I doubt that she gave you the stink eye. That's just the way her face looks, you know? That's just her face. <laughs> yeah. What, you, you just take soupy sales to prom. I can think of so many cooler things to do that night. Like, you know what, like... I might pumice my feet, uh, might go to Brandstown Unitarian Church, maybe get hit by a truck full of hot garbage juice, you know, because all those things would be exponentially cooler than going to prom with you. All right. That's good. Um, Is this on your list? It's absolutely on my list. Oh, really? What number? It was my number one. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I, it's a movie that I have watched so many times. It's one of those movies that you can catch whenever. It doesn't matter what part of the movie you're in, you're like locked in. Um, but oh, yeah, this is so fun because we can. T- I did it is not kind of fun, would... a little melodramatic though, because my number one has already been outed by you because Sorry. that's your number five. Sorry. Um, so why don't you tell me why it's in yours, and then I'm going to play a few more clips from the trailer. Okay. Uh, just to kind of remind people some of the funny stuff and all so that. So I'll give. So I'll give you my the the real basic reasons. First of all, Ellen Page. I don't know if anybody else could have played this character the way she did. Um, there, a woman named Diablo Cody wrote the screenplay for this movie and her writing, the way that she had people speak, like the way they talked, it was so easy to listen to. Um, her dad, J.K. Simmons, in this movie is so amazing um, in how he responds to, okay, because first of all, the movie is about Juno um, getting pregnant mm-hmm. and she's 16 years old. How he responds to her news, um, her stepmother, who is played by... Tell me her name. Um, I always want to call her C.J. Craig. The West Wing West Wing, I know. I always call her C.J. Craig. But Allison Janney, um, she's amazing, or she ends up being amazing later in the movie. And I love, we love George Michael, who is Michael Sarah, um, who Todd and I are big Arrested Development fans. And so seeing Michael Sarah in anything, um, this and then what was that, the the movie that Seth Rogen did where it was like the end of the world? Uh, and Michael Sarah was a yes, total jerk. Yes. That's a funny, you know. So we just like him. And it was and not and then that's just like all these elements coming together. And then the movie shocked me at the end. I had no idea what was gonna happen. It was such a warm ending. Um, and I'm a huge Jason Bateman fan, mm-hmm. Jennifer Garner fan for that matter, too. But Jason Bateman in this movie could be an hour-long discussion yeah. of who 
we think he is. He's a, he plays a really good creep because what's great about but the, you don't know he's a creep right but away. But you know that there's something off about him. Yes, in the in he in yes. a very Jason Bateman in a very subtle way shows that there's something a little bit off and it's just like a slight pause before yes. he responds. Yes. And then you find out quickly that he's trying to hook up with this 18-year-old pregnant 16. girl. 16-year-old pregnant girl. It's crazy. And he is a lost boy himself. Yes. Like he got married. He, he didn't fulfill his dreams. Yes. And he, you know, wishes he would have started Nirvana and, mm-hmm. you know, like is still living his his teenage years. Yeah. So there's a lot of elements, um, you know, I already just said everything. It's well-written, great characters, great actors, and something we hadn't seen before because the way the way everyone speaks in this movie, I had not heard people speak. Yeah, there's a realism to it. Yes. The way Dakota, what's her name? Diablo, Diablo Cody. Dakota. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. say it again. Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody. I think that's name. her name. Let no, me I, make think, sure. I think you're right. Am I right? Okay. Um, so here's, here's just a quick chunk from the uh, trailer. I'm pregnant. Who's the father? It's Polly Bleeker. Polly Bleeker? <laughs> I didn't think you had it in. I know, right? <laughs> Did you see that coming? Yeah, but I was hoping she was expelled or into hard drugs. Or a DWI? Anything but this. I could, like, have this baby and, and give it to someone that, like, totally needs it. You should look at the penny saver. They have ads for parents. Yeah, desperately seeking spawn. Hi. I'm Vanessa. Hi, I'm the husband. This, of course, is Juno. Like the city in Alaska. No. Huh? You're a part-time love friend, a full-time friend. The when this is all over, we can, and we can always get back together. Uh, were we together? Yeah, we were once, you know? All right, that's good enough. Yes. I can let it keep going. But yeah, it's just, and it's funny, the way the movie ends is great. You know, with the note on the back of the yeah. Jiffy Lube yeah. receipt. Don't, don't say... Well, we're going to talk spoilers the whole time. Are we? Okay. I yeah. just, that's such just a great ending. I just don't know if, if June, maybe it's as wide seen as, maybe everybody has seen it. When you're listening to our podcast, we're just going to assume you've seen the movies because okay. okay. we're not going to protect the story for anybody who hasn't seen it. Right. And it's got a great ending. And then it's got like multiple endings, like the, the note on the back of the Jiffy Luber seat. Right. And then the, um, the track kids running past him and he's just playing guitar with his yes with his girlfriend now yeah their girlfriend yeah. girlfriend boyfriend they, at that time. they realize that they want to be together yes um okay you ready for my number five yes all right it's a little uh, i'll play the trailer for you okay, and see please. if you could pick it up cindy mancini and ronald miller live on the same street but they're in totally That's different right. worlds wouldn't you like to be popular cindy's hot ronald's not but he's got a plan that could change all that i want to rent you Rent me? Yeah. You pretend you like me, and we go out for just a few weeks. Just going out with me is not going to make you popular. Well, I have $1,000. It says it will. Now, the biggest social transformation in history... No hand-holding, no kissing, and I get my lunch hour off. ...is about to begin. Okay, Donald. We're ready. Well, Cindy, one last thing. Yeah. My name is Ronald, not Donald. Bobby Love. Didn't you like used to mow our lawn? Ronald's over in no man's land, and he's still alive. All right. Okay. Um, first of all, McDreamy. McDreamy before he was McDreamy. What was the first time you remember seeing McDreamy? On Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so, but this happened before Grey's Anatomy. Right, but he was not in any way a heartthrob. So are you asking me yeah. when the first time Patrick I Dempsey. saw Patrick Dempsey? Yeah. Can't buy me love. So this was his first big thing, I as far as you remember. I don't know, because I, Patrick Dempsey was not on my wall. The, the whole thing about McDreamy that's interesting is that I'm sure some people found... Liked him liked early him, on. But I was an outsider's girl. Yeah. You know, like it was Ralph Macchio and C. Thomas Howell yeah. and, you know, Tom Cruise and Rob Blow. Like, I, I didn't... Patrick Dempsey wasn't mm-hmm. my guy. Yeah. So that's what made him in Grey's Anatomy so interesting. Because all of a sudden he's this heartthrob. Oh my gosh. And did you hear that interview with Rob Lowe, how he talked about that? Uh, which part? Well, Rob Lowe was supposed to be McDreamy. It was written for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, him. yeah, yeah. That's right. And he said that, I mean, and he said it in a somewhat, with some humility. Mm-hmm. He said, the reason that character blew up is because if Rob Lowe, you know, he's like, if I'm coming in to play that part, because they named him McDreamy later it wasn't like he yeah. came in as that person then they knew what they were getting like i'm that's you know my appearance is a part of who sure. i am he's like but 
the reason that exploded is you haven't seen Patrick Dempsey in so many years. Right. It would have been a less big deal if Rob exactly. Lowe was in it because everybody knows News, that. That's what he's known for. Yeah. But Patrick Dempsey came in and everyone's like, oh my gosh. So quick moment of silence for Amanda Peterson. Yeah. she. Uh, I loved her in this movie. I had a crush on her. I don't know what other movie she did, but in this movie, she was perfect for me. And... I never, I think I saw her in a few things and then she fell off the map and I think she got screwed up with drugs and all that. And I think she died by drugs, but I'm not positive of that, Mm. but really sad. But I think it's just one of those kind of like, not terribly well done, but just good teenage movies. So what year did it come out? 1987. 87. Which I think is the same year as Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. (laughs) So sophomore year or your freshman year. Oh, such a a formidable time. And it's kind of a, uh, it's a well-depicted version of what it's like. They overdid it a little bit Mm -hmm. regarding the cool kids Mm -hmm. and the, yeah, yeah, all that. But anyway, so that's my number five. What's your number four? Uh, My number four, why don't you play the number four clip? All right. I can do that. Thank you. I can do that right now. Hey guys, oh. uh, it's Kayla back with another video. So, the topic of today's video is being yourself. Being yourself can be hard, and it's like, aren't I always being myself? And yeah, for sure. But being yourself is like not changing yourself to impress someone else. A lot of people like call me quiet or shy or whatever. But I'm not quiet. Most quiet, Kayla Day. I don't talk a lot at school, but if people talk to me and stuff, they'd find out that I'm like really funny and cool and talkative. By the way, I like your shirt a lot. It's like so cool. What? Um, we did a pop culturing on this. We did. I love this movie. We not only did a pop culturing about this movie, but we talked about this movie a lot in our Zen, on our Zen Parenting Radio podcast. I think Todd and I were both really affected by this movie. And the reason why it's definitely in this top five for me is I think it's true. Right. I think that they, I think, um, uh, what's his name? Bo, who did it? It's, I'm too far from it right now. I used to be able to talk about this. So much easier. Um, but I think that the writer, um, he... Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham, thank you. Bo Burnham um, got to the heart of something true, yeah. which is the anxiety that teenagers feel, um, the the pressure that they're under, um, that they're actually a lot smarter and savvy and knowledgeable than we give them credit for. Right. Um, and that they're they're navigating, you know, he a lot of it is around social networking, and we as their parents are so worried about it, and we're on them about screen time, and they don't know any different. No. They're they're not. They don't trying, have our experience. They don't. They don't have a time before social networking, and so when we say things like "Why do you take ten pictures?" or "Why do you care?" it's ignorant because that is their life, and we may say we don't like it. But maybe it was the same way our parents didn't like us watching MTV. Right. Like it is part of their reality. And um, so I loved Kayla. I loved her character. I loved the dad. Um, the dad was the best. I'm trying to pull up a clip of the dad, but I can't <laughs> find the one I want. Todd but. and I have a lot. Of, we don't have a lot of like quick, quippy quotes, but we have a lot of moments from this movie that we laugh about. Um, LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James. Um, but also the you know, that the dad is trying so hard to connect with his daughter because mom is not around. Mm -hmm. And he, like, you know, this funny moment that we always talk about where she's eating a banana and he says, I... I could have sworn you told me you didn't like bananas. I actually made a note about it, not to ask you about bananas anymore. Like he's trying so hard to meet her where she is. Yes. And he's not well skilled. He's not skilled and he's dropping the ball, but no, he's not dropping the ball. He's, he can't be her age, but he keeps showing up. In a beautiful way. Yes. And it's hard enough being a dad when there's a partner with you to help parent, but to be a single dad or a single mom, rough. But yeah, I love that movie. I was not in mine once again. I don't know if it would have made my top five, but I eliminated it from competition because we already did that. Got it. Okay. So your number... My number four, four. is... Um, I think there's some swear words in here, but that's okay. All right. Here it is. I never see you at parties or anything. Saturday was actually a crazy night for me. Seth's parents were throwing this party, like a get-together, cocktail casual. Wow. And then we went to a nightclub. You got in. We got right in. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> you would have loved it. 
pocket my brand new fake ID. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? Doesn't even have a first name, it just says McLovin! This guy's either gonna think, here's another kid with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donor. I am McLovin. Hello, Mindy. Um, okay, I'm gonna need to see some identification. Makes me feel young again. And then it shows up part with it. So there's plenty of, first of all, that's super bad. Yeah. Really crass. Really crass. I wonder if that movie would get made today. It's thir- that movie's 13 years old. I don't know. Um, I, you know what I wrote down because I, as I was listening is it, it reminds, it's like a, because it's a Judd, Judd Apatow movie and it's, it's got, there's a, there's heart to it. Yeah. It's a smarter writing. So I'm not trying to make apples to apples comparison, but it's like a Porky's yeah. for our time. Right. Meaning that when we were in the eighties, Porky's or even things like Revenge of the Nerds, which was a lot of um, you know, inappropriate yeah. you know, it's just gratuitous. Yeah. Um it there were this is like written well, right. but still super crass. Would you agree with that, or am I not making a good comparison? It's a better version of Porky's. It's a better version. And mm-hmm. um, um, think about the actors in here: Bill Hader, mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. Emma Stone. Yep. Like that's a pretty Michael Sarah again. Michael Sarah, who seems to be a theme in this. Uh-huh. I want to play this one little clip, which I love. I love you. I love you. Why don't we say that every day? Why can't we say it more often? I just want to go to the rooftops and scream, "I love my best friend Evan." That's why the movie's good. Yeah. It's because really it's just about friendship. Right. And surrounded by kind of a Porky's kind of environment. Yeah. And it's almost like more extreme. Like, you know, we talk about Breakfast Club or, you know, the realism. This is like too much where they start putting the beer in the laundry detergent things. I have mentioned to you probably 12 times how much that scene bothers me because who's going to drink the beer that tastes like laundry detergent? Yeah. Like I know that teens are desperate to drink alcohol and they will even if it's in certain containers but I, i'm pretty sure that people be like you know what i'm gonna take a pass on that exactly like and when if you remember correctly when they get to that party there's plenty of alcohol True. do you remember they worked so hard yeah. and when they got there there was already plenty yeah and there's you know it, it, to your point about why this movie wouldn't get made there's a lot of misogyny mm-hmm. obviously um and there is even though it's got heart and there is it's about friendship it's still Parts do not age well. For sure. Um, and so, but I do still get a big kick out of Seth Rogen well, and Yeah, Bill the Hader. two cops are like the worst people <laughs> ever. And they're like getting out of the car and they're shooting the stop sign. Totally. And he, they're letting McLovin like shoot the gun. Like there's so many things that would never happen in this in this movie, but... It, and so if I remember correctly, because I haven't seen the movie in a while, they know the whole... T- obviously, they yeah, know they the whole know time McLovin, McLovin is yes, not... That underage. his ideas, you yes. know. But so why were they messing with him? Like, what was... Were they just trying to I have, think they're bored. They were bored. And they're just bad cops. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, super bad. It's absolutely hilarious and not politically correct whatsoever. Yeah, but it was kind of... It was a, a movie of that time mm-hmm. because that was the Judd Apatow time. Mm-hmm. Did because this was post knocked up? Uh it's two thousand seven. Uh I don't know what happened first, knocked up or super bad. I feel like they happened back to back. Yeah, I feel like they happened around the same time. So um, um okay, so that's your number That's my number three. Okay, so my number three or no that's my number four. Your number three is Okay, so play number three. Uh number three. Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the fuck. What the fuck gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. Kyle, be right there. So your folks are going out of town. Tomorrow. You got the place all to yourself? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> is that it. good? Yeah. Uh, I, this is in mine, too. Is it really? What number is it for you? This is my number... Must be two. It's my number two. Yeah, because it's my number three. Yeah. So... 
we might have different reasons for liking this movie. Um, I feel like this was, gosh, what year was Risky Business? Um, Will you look it up? 1983. Okay. So that means I was in middle school. You were 10, you were 12 years old. 12, okay. So that's a lot of things happen at 12. Okay. So I felt like this was a movie that everybody wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Like when it came out, it was one of those movies that people were sneaking in to see. Yeah. And that I remember, I used to, this won't surprise you, I used to be really big into sneak previews, that show, uh, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, and I remember them loving this movie and being like, okay, wait, okay, wait, a high school movie, Um, and it's great, and, you know, it was just kind of, and I knew who Tom Cruise was, he wasn't as, you know, he he was just kind of on the rise, Um, and I, when I saw the movie, I have to be honest that the sex scenes for me the first time I saw it were shocking yeah um it, it, it's just a memory that I have sure. because I was like he's in high school yeah and he has you know a prostitute in yep. his house and the sex scenes are super adult and graphic mm-hmm. um so that was something I remembered but I also really um it, you know watching it now, as I've gotten older several times, there's so much story in that story. Well, I remember, it's funny you bring up Roger Ebert, because I remember, whatever, 30 years ago, I was watching something and he talked about how this was, this should have been considered as an Oscar worthy. I remember it too. Because if you remove like the teenage stuff and the sex out of it, it's just a really good movie. Like mm-hmm. he's, it ties together beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's entertaining for certain. You know, you got Joey Pants as the Guido, <laughs> the uh, pimp, and Guido the killer pimp, and Tom Cruise and Rebecca De Mornay, and it's just a, uh, it's an interesting um, journey for Joel because you know it's this idea like your parents go away and you have all this freedom, but you're scared. And, and you... Joel has been, I mean, his name is Joel Goodson. Yes. Okay, so they're making it very obvious that he's been a good kid. Yeah. Um, and. He has not made a lot of mistakes, and yeah. he's fearful of mistakes, which is very relevant to teens right now, sure. right? And so here he's got Booger. Uh, mm. What's what's Booger's name in this movie? But anyway, um, it's Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. His name is Miles. Miles, that's right. How could I forget? And he's got these friends who are encouraging him, like, be in high school. Right. You know, do this thing, which leads to many other challenges and problems, but it is... Um, it is an extreme version of a coming of age movie. Right. You know, like when do you make your own choices? When do you venture out on your own? Because his dad wants him to go to Princeton. Is that right? Princeton is Yes, the Princeton school? is his uh it's his wish. And so his parents have this high expectation that he's been trying to meet, you know, and my favorite scene of the movie is probably everybody's favorite iconic scene is when he's like he really you know, the guy comes the Princeton guy comes while he's in the middle of a party. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I guess it's University of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Like that is a, that, why that scene, it's so iconic because it's well done, but it's because that's where you realize Joel has changed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I'm fine with this. And by the way, he ends up getting into Princeton. Right. And the the only scar from the entire experience for him is the egg. Yes. That gets broken. It's got a crack. It's got a crack in it. So he takes the money that he made that night from basically being a prostitution ring for a night out of his right, house. Right, And he has to give that, uh, he buys all the furniture back from Guido. From, Gui- from Guido, yeah. So I think, I don't, oh, he, I think he's going to end up having to work in the summer to pay for the egg. Right. But the egg is so symbolic. I don't know what it's sim- symbolic well, of. Well, the crack, you yeah. know, and in right. who you are right. in, you know. And also the, the one thing though, that even upon watching over and over again, that mm-hmm. I just don't buy and I think they needed to do it so the audience would, feel complete. Right. But, you know, he and, uh, what's her name? And I know it's Rebecca de Mornay, but what's her name? Uh, I don't remember what her name oh, is. Oh, we got to remember. She, they, they're going to still date over the summer. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I mean, do you really, I think at the end he, there, they have a conversation that says something she's like, like Can we're, I be your girlfriend. See, but I thought there was something at the end that says, we're not going to see each other very much. Are we like, I feel like they did part ways, but maybe I have to go look at it. Again. Now, how interesting, because I viewed her as, um, Lana, that's mm-hmm. her name. Lana. I thought that they were saying that they were going to spend the summer together. You could be right. I don't remember. 
Because I think she, I think she initially is. You know, we would have to really play that. Because she's scene. kind of, she's a thief in the beginning. Like she's a pretty bad person. Well, she, she doesn't make great choices. Steals, mm-hmm. did, she steals the egg, right, uh, from Joel, mm-hmm. and you know, charges him four hundred dollars for a night of entertainment. I guess. Well, and there's also like if we go deep into this, I think it's also about class and privilege. Like, um, obviously, it's just talking about you know. It's it's not very diverse, mm-hmm. but in this time, it's about our you know because she's eighteen too. Yeah. So he has all this choice, and yeah. he, you know Princeton or U of I, and he's got all this money, and it's a Chicago movie too, by the way. Yeah. So there's a lot of Chicago in it. Um, but does she? She's doing the best she can to mm-hmm. make it through too. So is she a bad person, right. or is she just doing what she needs to do? Yeah, she makes some bad decisions doesn't mean she's a bad person. Exactly. She's making some difficult decisions. Um, but I this movie, I think I chose this movie because I think it was the first adult teen movie mm. where I'm like, the, the teens are treated like they... Well, they get to go, you know, the parents are, they trust him enough to bail to Florida for... X amount of days. Remember when he drinks, he makes a rum and coke for himself and he fills the whole glass up with rum with a splash of coke. Like, and there is, yeah, like it was a mature look at teenagers. What about when Miles took the number and the out of the newspaper and ate it? Uh Because he just, he just wanted to, Joel wanted to just undo whatever just just happened. Yeah. And then he ate it. Oh, so interesting. I, by the way, I found a, I don't know what he's going to say, but I found Ebert talking about this oh, movie. Oh, good. And it's a wonderful film by first-time director Paul Brickman. It's on my list, too. I yeah. thought it was terrific. I yeah. enjoyed it. The performances, the direction, the script. Once again, I think we get back to the script, which takes all of those cliches that have mm-hmm. been made so familiar and so boring in all of the teenage sex movies and has that cares enough to really see how these situations really do affect teenagers, how they would talk. Mm-hmm. Not that it's necessarily a very realistic movie, but it's realistic in its satire. In the emotions, certainly. Right. All right. Thanks, Roger. And he just said it so much better than I could have. It was like a, it respected the teenagers. And like mm-hmm. he said, it's not like this story is really going to happen, that a teenager is going to run a you know night of prostitution in his house, but how they are affected by the expectations of their parents and how they um, really have lives and, you know, decisions of their own. Right. You know? Um, so I, you've taken two of my top five, so I only have one left. So it's going to be your turn again. Okay, so you want me to do number two? Number two. For me is um, one, another movie that we've done on pop culture. Are we ready? Here yep. we go. Quick question. Do you, do you know who I am? Yes, we sat together at Bell Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? You remember? No, I read it on the message. Okay, um, so it's Lloyd, and um, uh, let's go out. Let's go out. You want to go out? Oh, thanks, but I'm busy. Busy? Yes. Things are pretty hectic right now, but thanks. You busy on Friday? Yeah, I have to help my father. Are you busy on Saturday? Saturday I have some things to do around the house. So you're you're monumentally busy? Well, not monumentally. What about tonight, then? Can you go to that party for Lear's? Look, Dan, I'm sorry, but I can't allow you to leave the country without attending the Lear's graduation event. This gentleman is he's 22, and, and, and he comes out of hiding like once a year for this occasion. And he, and, he, and he dresses up as the lakeside rooster, and he, and he makes this drink called the Purple Passion. Actually, I think that... Uh... You know, and you're not in England yet. You know that, of course. But by the way, I want to just tell you that I lived in England for three months. And my parents live in Ireland, you know, so we lived in England and Germany. And I could give you an enormous amount of tips. Many tips. English tips. Well, no tips, no any tips of any kind. I'll go. Okay. Is that good? That's good. Um, I love this movie. I know. And I think this may have been the third pop culturing we ever did. I know. So I feel like if you really love this movie, uh, either go watch it or listen to our hour and 15 minutes on it that we did uh, on pop culturing. Yes. um, Once again, it's just Lloyd. This is about Lloyd. Yes. He's such a. Can you compare Lloyd Dobler to any, I guess maybe Ferris Bueller a little bit? Because, a little bit. But I don't know if Interesting. Lloyd... Did you hear that John Cusack was the other person who was going to oh, play really? Ferris Bueller? He was the number two behind I feel Michael like Rodgers. Ferris was loved by everybody. Uh-huh. Whereas I feel like Lloyd was a little bit more of an outcast. Yeah. 
and I don't think people hated him. No. But I don't think people really knew him or he liked faded. him. Yeah. He, he just blended. Yeah, he just blended. Ferris stood out, Lloyd blended. And and that's the thing is I think it's one of those things. You know, did you know guys or girls in high school that you were like, no one would hate them? Mm -hmm. They're just not top on the list. They're neutral. Of any, they're neutral. Yeah. And I think that's how Lloyd is, even though he's far from neutral, he's extraordinary. Yeah. But it's hard to see that until he's in relationship with someone and you see how not only he treats his best friends, but Diane, right. who he cares for deeply and respects and what, and his, his manhood comes out too yep. because of his relationship with her. He mm -hmm. cares. Um, and it's also about Diane. For I sure. mean, it is Lloyd's story and Lloyd is the one that I think, you know, has the best quotes and the best, you know, like he's, he's the, the main lead, but she's a protagonist too. Like you're pulling for her too. For sure. And their relationship is like mature where mm -hmm. they're like having yep. these authentic conversations yep. and how they break up is interesting. Yep. And Lloyd's relationships with her, with his girlfriends is yep. interesting. His best friends. And you know, and there's great, there's large amounts of humor in this movie. It's a Cameron Crowe movie. And so it's very, you know, they make sure that we get some relief, some mm. comic relief, um, especially with, um, what's her name? Uh, obviously, it's oh my god, I'm Lily Taylor's character. Um, Joe lies when he cries. Joe lies, yes. Um, speaking of comedy, Joe Gabe is worth it. No, no. <laughs> Listen, hang with us, man. We'll teach you Bibles for right, you. Right. Lord, man, you can't even trust them, man, because right, you know what's man. about? They spend your money and they tell their friends everything, everything. man. It's about economics. That's valid. It's about economics. Tell everything, That's man. Valid. All you got to do is find a girl that looks just like her, nail her, and then dump her, man. Dump her, man. Dump her, Get her man. off your mind. Knows we're right. Your only mistake is that you didn't dump her first. What? Diane Court is a show pony. You need a stallion, my friend. <laughs> walk with us and you walk tall. Walk tall, my man. Walk tall. Bitches, man. Give that kid a combo. Hey, dude, I better bail. Right, man, right, better. Did he say give that kid a combo? And... Yes, and that scene, first of all, it's a hilarious scene and Piven's in it, you know. Yeah. Um, but you're seeing the difference between Lloyd's maturity mm -hmm. and the guys who are in his class right. who are all sitting at the gas and sip on the curb with no, as Lloyd points out, with no girls around, right. with this grand plan of how to make them want them. Yep. Um, and here it's Lloyd really living this experience of being in relationship. And I think that the reason this movie impacted me so much was because I was a senior in high school when I saw it. And I thought it was very true to, again, it was, I'm, I'm realizing how all of my movies that I chose, it's because teenagers are treated with respect. Yeah. That they are, um, that they're smart and that they're more mature than their parents give them credit for. And and actually, Lloyd doesn't even have a parental figure. No. Like, they're, in, they're in England, sweetie. And his sister, who's, you know, Joan Cusack in this movie, is kind of the parental figure, but really he's helping her mm -hmm. too. So they lean on each other. And um, I found, you know, again, people tend to debate the end of this movie, whether or not you think Lloyd and Diane would stay together, but it's irrelevant because we all have relationships in high school that are formidable and meaningful. And it's not about whether or not they get married. It's about what they, how they helped each other in going through these, this Don't time. we all want... Don't we all want Lloyd and Diane to make babies and have grandbabies of and everything? Of course. But when you're 18... What are the odds? What are the odds? I mean, I know some people beat those odds. Sure. My sister married her high school sweetheart. Like, yeah. it's very real. Um, it's just unlikely. It's not as likely. And and can that be okay? Right. But that they needed each other at that time. There's actually a scene where Lloyd recognizes that in himself, where when Diane's you know, dad finally is arrested. She goes to get him and, and Lloyd says, do you need me or do you just need somebody? Mm -hmm. And then he goes, I don't care Yeah, he doesn't because care. right now I just want to be with you. Yeah. So, um, so that's my number two. All right. So my number two, my number one has already been taken okay. by your number five. Sorry about that. Which is okay. Juno. Yeah. Yes. So here we go with my number two. Can pie. Okay, well, one time at band camp, I stuck a flute. <coughs> Is it getting caught? Hey, Jimmy. Just wanted to say sweet dreams. Yeah, yeah. Good night, Mom. I, I think he's trying to watch some illegal channels here. Illegal, illegal channels? This is just a bad reception, huh? Oh, baby. What's that? You know what? Here, just uh, give me this. Oh, and let's God. get this. Yeah. Oh, what the hell's the matter with this thing here? The awkward moments. I want the right time, the right moment, the right place. It's not a space shuttle launch. It's sex. The infatuation. I love you. <laughs> okay. The desperation. What exactly does it feel like? Warm apple pie. 
fascination. Huh? We'll just tell your mother that, uh, that, uh, we ate it all. <laughs> you know, guys, maybe I'm just not good with girls, period. All that you gotta do is just ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and stuff. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. Here's to the next step. It's just a great movie. And it's very uh, over the top, you know, the apple pie and everything else. Right. And oh, it's funny. And like the part where they have the webcam, like at the time that was like. So new. So new. I know. And that like they have to kind of like tell them, hey, you can do this. You can record this exchange between you and whatever the Russian girl's name Uh is. Um, but I, I just think it's not necessarily realistic, but there's parts of it is like, there's one part I was going to play where the two drunk kids are like, just looking at the picture of Stifler's mom and (laughs) And just saying MILF, MILF, MILF. MILF." Like that is the kind of stupidity that happens at high school parties. I know. And I just thought it was, I just, I I think that that's a great movie. Stifler's mom. They've made like six since then. And I'm guessing none of them are good. I don't know. I think I haven't seen anything but the first one. So yeah. I don't know. And and I, if I remember correctly, because um, you and I have seen this movie several times, it, is that it was kind of a good return to high school movies with a little more, and again, similar to Superbad in that it's a little crass and mm-hmm. it's gr- and gratuitous in many ways. It got, you know, check, 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 you know, all those boxes. Um, but that it was also about friendship too. For sure. Wasn't it? I mean. Yeah. Four high school guys. Now it's funny. Like their goal is to have sex, have sex and lose their virginity before they. And then I, I'm trying to think of how many of them do. Um, surprisingly, the. I No, I'm thinking about the girls. Um, cause they're having an experience too. Sure. Like, it's interesting because I watched the movie, even though I, I appreciate the main characters very much. I also remember a lot of the girls experience too. Maybe they all lose their virginity because the one kid who's all like kind of eclectic, he has sex with Stifler's mom. Stifler's mom. And then Chris, what's the guy's name? Chris, uh, one of the Chris's. Chris, he, the one who dated Katie, um, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he has sex. Uh, yes, he does. But With Mira, whatever. Mira. <laughs> we can't remember any of their names. <laughs> We're like to um, um, Chris. What's his name? And then the... the Chris, Chris Pine? Chris, no, Chris Klein. Chris Klein. Chris Klein. I don't know if he does, but the Tara Reed and that one guy that nobody knows, um, Tara, I don't know if they end up having sex. Maybe they do. I think they do. And then the band camp girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, pull up the Wikipedia so we give them props they deserve. It's we. This is what you, you know call what? not is, being prepared. I was going to say this was around the time we were obviously not teenagers during this time, so we kind of we were in our twenties. I think these were not our actors, right? Do you know what I mean? We kind of knew so, of them. So it was nineteen ninety nine is when it came out. So this is when you and I started dating. Is it? Yeah. All right, there you go. So Jason Biggs plays Jason a guy Biggs. named Jim. Thank you, Jim. I, does he have sex with the band camp girl? I don't know. I. I can't remember. What's her name? Uh, Allison. Allison Hannigan. Allison Hannigan. Uh, Chris Klein. I don't know if he ends up having sex. And then Eugene Levy is hilarious in this movie. Um, He's he's perfect for the dad character. Sean William Scott, who plays Stifler, is hilarious. He's your favorite in this movie. He's just so crass. Mina Savari. We can come up with her last name. Uh, who did American Beauty Paul, after this. Paul Finch is the one who has sex with Stifler's mom. Yes. So anyways, I think it's a just a really funny movie. You know, and I would say that I appreciated this movie. Like I laughed more than I thought I would at a, at a teen movie. Um, but I can't, I think I put it in the same category as super bad mm-hmm. for me. Yep. Like it was, it was okay, better than most. Yes. But I didn't have any like, wow. Yeah. Um, so if you before you name your number yeah. one, so these are the ones that didn't make it on my list. Okay, let's hear. It. Nightmare on Elm Street. Great movie. I actually considered oh. horror too. You know, it's funny. I was going to say to you, should we leave off John Hughes movies and horror movies? Yeah. Because I really wanted to put Halloween. Most horror movies are teenage movies, aren't exactly. they? Exactly. And Halloween is one of my all time favorite movies. Um, you know what? I'm not going to go over my list because it might overlap with your number one. So why don't you talk about your number well, one? You you know the ones that aren't. 
I don't know. Are there know. any other? Well, License to Drive. I know yours. I think that's a funny movie. Are the, you talking about the Corys? Yes, the Corey movie. Are you I talking saw, about the movie with the two Corys? I saw that movie like 25 times. Heather Graham. That's the introduction to Heather Graham. Really? Um, I'm scared to say either any of these movies because it might be Okay, it. then don't do it. Um, Let me finish mine and then you can go through Okay, this go ahead. What's your, you know what my number I don't. one is. How do you not know? I talk about this movie all the time. Um, I don't know. So, Can I play it? Yeah, go ahead. I got to get the timestamp ready, though. Okay. So hold on. Okay. Why do I and everyone I love pick people who treat us like we're nothing? We accept the love we think we deserve. You see things and you understand. You're a wallflower. I didn't think anyone noticed me. I know there are people who say all these things don't happen. I know these will all be stories someday. But right now, we are alive. And in this moment, I swear, we are infinite. And there you go. What's, so what's the name of that movie, uh, movie? Is from 2012 and it's called The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And it is one of my all time favorite movies. I'm a little annoying about it. Um, after I saw it the first time, I went out and bought the DVD, and like I remember, I went to my friend Jenny and Nancy's for some reason. I don't know what we were all just getting together, and I brought the DVD. I'm like, we have to watch this movie. I was so affected by it. Um, I refer to it a lot. I think I've referred to it a lot as on Parenting Radio. Um, I've wanted my daughters to watch it really bad, and I've wanted them to read the book. And I was gonna um, make sure I was pronouncing his name right. Stephen Kaboski. Okay. Um, I did. If you guys heard that, I was doing how to pronounce because sometimes I say Chabosky, but it's Kaboski. Hmm. Um, he wrote the book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I've also read and has a prime place on my um, bookshelf, meaning I have one shelf that's like all my favorites and it's there. So talk about treating teenagers with respect. Like I, there is something that is so true about this, but it's not like Juno or Risky Business where they take something that would probably not ha- – I'm not saying that kids don't get pregnant like in Juno, but the way they talk in Juno is really – it's cool for a movie, but it's not necessarily reality. Right. And Risky Business, that isn't necessarily going to happen. Mm. But this movie, I think, has – Every single element I like about movies, which it's uh, obviously a coming of age, but it's also about friendship. It's also about acceptance and it's about trauma and the trauma that our kids go through that we're sometimes not even aware of. Um, It's about finding friends um, and it's about falling in love, but not just about falling in love romantically. It's about falling in love with people Mm. because Um, if you're going to talk about the three main characters in this movie, um, you, they, first of all, the Emma Watson's character and, um, um, Ezra Miller's character, they're, they're stepbrother and sister. So they obviously already love each other and they're like best friends in their own way. But then when Logan Lerman's character comes, his name's Charlie, the three of them love each other Mm. in a, it's, um... I think it's the way teenagers can only love each other. And that's a very meaning that they become like family to each other. And then there's other characters too that are part of this, but these are the three that you really love the most. And I just felt like it was the first time I had seen a movie capture that kind of, thank God you're here, or I wouldn't be able to survive without you. I think I've only seen this movie once and I would uh, like to maybe watch it again with you and maybe do a pop culturing because I know you love it so much. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a whole, a big take on it because I really don't remember it that well, but I remember thinking like, yes, that was a really good movie. Well, and there's a lot, there's levels and levels and levels, right? Each of the, they, and books can depict levels really well because Mm. you get the voices of all the characters for a movie to be able to, all three of the, all three of the main characters, they all have different stories, but all three of the main characters have a lot of their own trauma Mm -hmm. that has influenced how they experience the world, each other, um, relationships, love. Um, There's a lot of, um, I also related a lot to the pop culture aspects. Music is a big part of it. Like they make each other playlists and stuff like that. And um, 
how music helps you remember certain times, which I really related to. And I have always been, or I shouldn't say always because he hasn't been around as much, but I was a huge Ezra Miller fan at Mm. this time. I love him. He plays a character named Patrick in this movie and I love his character. Um, And I, I, I just have a soft spot. This is my favorite teenage movie of all time. Interesting. Um, I get the feel of this movie and you're going to be like, they're totally different movies, but what's okay. that one that JC, that maybe all three of our daughters love where the kids dying of cancer, the girls there's with the, with the face mask. Um, oh, you're talking about the fault in our stars. Yes. Yes. That was like my number eight or nine. Interesting. I loved the fault in our stars. I read the book, the John green book, and I thought the movie was great. Yes. It just, it's more my kids movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like not, it yeah. wasn't mine. Yeah. I didn't. Um, and that is JC's favorite movie, by the way. Yes. The fault in our stars. Dude, so, um, have you read both of those books? Uh, both meaning Fault in Our Stars and um, Perks of Being yes. Low Powers. Got yes. It. Got it. I did not read John Green's other books. Mm. He has a book called Paper Towns that he made into a movie. I The girls have seen it, but mm. I haven't heard much about it. I think The Fault in Our Stars was bigger just because who ended up being in it. Who's in it? Do you know it? what I mean? Um, Shailene Woodley, who oh, we love. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah. And then uh, Ansel. Egort? Egort? Ansel and Gretel? <laughs> he was, it's funny because he kind of made, he came out in that movie and then he, the Goldfinch came out about a year ago and he was the lead and it, the Goldfinch, the book was like yeah. a phenomenon. And, and so then the, the, the movie, movie just sucked, flopped. right? But he is going to be the lead. Steven Spielberg redid West Side Story and he's the lead of that. I'm shocked that you didn't have a Dracula vampire thing in there. I know. Uh, Twilight was probably seven or eight for Which me. one? If you had to choose a movie oh, out of that series. Twilight. Is that the sure. first one? Yes. That's the dumb one with the baseball where they play baseball? Yes. It's not dumb. Um, I love, I read the whole Twilight series. I'm thrilled that there's another book coming out. I don't find it to be good. I find it to be entertaining. Got it. And I, whatever was going on in life then, maybe it's because I had a kid or two, I found the whole story of Edward and Bella to be really engrossing. Sweetie loved just, Edward. I did. I, I still love Edward. I In my um, bathroom, I have a figurine of Edward Cullen, and we refer to him quite often. Todd keeps calling him the Dracula guy. But I couldn't. Twilight was more about the book experience and I did love the movie because I and I rub and I love Robert Pattinson and I also have to say this since I didn't choose it I'm impressed with Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart because they made it out yeah. of that a lot whole of pressure thing. there yeah they they both were able to have careers after that and they both made really interesting choices but um but no that's not my number that's not even in my top five I feel like you're being a little disloyal towards Edward. Well, but look at the other movies I chose. Like Edward's probably eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Like Twilight is eight or nine. But I think, I mean, how can you compare that to Juno and eighth grade right. risky business? Like you you have to have a cutoff. You have to discriminate. You do. So, so a few of my honorable mentions. Yes. So anybody who's listening to this podcast might be like, what about this or this or this? Okay. So, and maybe you have some memorized that, but mine was, I said Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. I was just trying to be cool so by early picking Johnny a horror Depp. movie. Um, American Beauty. Now it's not about teenagers, but but it is. But it kind of is. It but is. I always think of uh, Lester, mm-hmm. played by Kevin Spacey, and Annette mm-hmm. Benning. Like that's. I don't think of the teenagers first. I think of um, Kevin Spacey first. So you didn't mess up once. <laughs> that's a great. Um, Days and Confused. Yes, I didn't love that. I was. I liked Days and Confused, and I'm a McConaughey fan, but yeah. I didn't love it. Uh, Fast Times. You know. Um, we did a pop culturing on Fast Times. Yeah, but we did one on a bunch of the other ones you we chose. We did, but I Fast Times at Ridge My High is a great for me. I'm just telling why I didn't put it in my top five. It it's a great like foundational teenage movie, meaning it was one of the first ones I ever saw, and it's culturally like it's easy to talk about. Everybody knows the quotes, but it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Okay. Uh, and then the only other two I had uh, this doesn't count Animal House. It's even though it's college. Technically, some Animal of Animal House be... reminds me of my dad. That was my dad's favorite movie. Um, the two that I want to share is Back to the Future. Yes. Everybody Loves Marty Love McFly. Love that movie, yes. And Outsiders. I know. I 
I just said a little bit ago when we were talking about Patrick Dempsey yeah. that I, the outsider boys were yeah. my boys, um, or the boys that were, you know, hung up all over my room from Teen Beat. Even but, Ralph Macchio, sweetie? Yes. Really? Even Ralph, well, then we, we also miss Karate Kid. Karate Kid is I a teenager. I guess that's true, movie, Karate right? Kid. And it's funny that you and I wouldn't pick Karate Kid because we love Cobra Kai and we love, we dress up. It didn't up even occur to me to put kid. Karate Kid in there. I know. Um, so I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are screaming at us right now saying, you forgot my top three favorites or right. whatever. And remember, everybody, if you missed the very beginning, we did not include John Hughes movies. Yes. So this is mine. Like if I had to choose John Hughes movies, which we originally, I was trying to put Ferris Bueller and Breakfast Club in the same one. And I was going to see if Todd would let me. And that's when we decided just let's leave them out. Yeah. Because those are very informative and I think are the best of the best. I also love Clueless. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like oh, Clueless... Yeah was like a resurgence of high school movies. It's like a bunch of high school music uh, movies came out and then they stopped for like three or four or five years. And then Clueless came out and that was mm -hmm. really good. It didn't, I remember showing the girls Clueless though and they didn't love it. I never really connected with that movie. Another movie I loved and I we have to give a shout out to our friend Rosalind Wiseman and I love Tina Fey and I love Mean Girls. Um, that was number one on a list that I saw. Oh, really? Like top 30 teenage movies of all time, and Mean Girls was number one on the one I saw. I love Mean Girls, but I also feel like that's for a different generation. Yeah. Like that didn't, that wasn't, kind of like it was American Pie to me. I know, but you, you also put in eighth grade, and obviously we can't connect with that other than through the eyes of the dad. True, but why eighth grade affected me so much is I had never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. You you. When you and I started talking about eighth grade, I would always start by saying, have you seen the documentary eighth grade? Yeah. It's not a documentary, right. but that's, I would always catch myself saying that because it felt, like it. it felt like it. And not only have I been in eighth grade, but I work with eighth grade girls. My daughters are around that age. It's very much where I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so um, any others we missed? Me, I'm girls, sure there's karate a, kid. There's a bunch. I mean, we're kid, we're Gen X kids. Like we grew up with high school movies. Yeah. You know, and if I could have done a TV show, yeah, it would have been Stranger Things. Mm. One of the best. Like I love their stories. I still haven't seen season one. Oh my god! Yeah, how many have there been? Three? Are you sure? I saw like the first, the first episode of season one, but that's it. I you you guys went without me. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so say your top five um, one more time. My top five, uh, starting from five down to one, um, my five was Can't Buy Me Love. Uh-huh. My four was Superbad. Uh-huh. My three was American Pie. Uh-huh. My two was Risky Business, and my one was Juno. Got it. And we obviously had some overlap here. My number five was Juno. My number four was Eighth Grade. My number three was Risky Business. My number two was Say Anything. And my number one, which I highly recommend everybody, is Perks of Being a Wallflower. So if you think that we screwed up and we're wrong, just <laughs> shoot us an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. And if there's a movie that you want us to do, let us know or even a list or whatever. A movie, a list, a TV show. We, we Someone just recommended, emailed us today and wanted us to do Normal People. Yeah, I've never even heard um, of that. Well, I have. It's from a book, and I was considering. I I will will think about that. All right. Um, we also we just watched something. Oh, I think we're gonna do the Bulls documentary, right? Bulls. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We have to wait till it's over. Uh, next Sunday. I'm formulating opinions already. Next Sunday. Well, we know it ends well. We do, but I'm so interested in the character development. I know it's a true story. I it's not like it's their yeah. characters, but I'm so interested in how the documentarian put this together. Yeah. It'd be a good talk. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe to Pop Culturing, Zen Parenting Radio, um, all that good stuff. Yes. And thank you for listening. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe to our Zen Parenting Radio podcast, where we discuss self-awareness and mindfulness, sharing the latest research and pop culture. We're on our ninth year, but there's still always something new to discuss. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. 
Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to zenparentingconference.com to get your tickets. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my free books. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones? We can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.